In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Nicole and Jesse Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right, so we're bringing you another special coronavirus edition of the podcast. Wanted to talk a little bit about what we are doing right now at Pelvic Sanity and what we think that you guys can be doing right now to make the most of this time and emerge even stronger on the other side. And hopefully that will be soon. So wanted to check in. Nicole, you want to give us the update on what's happening at Pelvic Sanity? Yes, the update at Pelvic Sanity is looking just fine. We had talked in a previous podcast, I think episode three, about that, you know, we weren't having that many people convert to, to telehealth and that was okay. But, you know, that was a couple of weeks into the coronavirus situation. Now we're, you know, even a couple weeks past that. And kind of like I had anticipated, to have seen a slight uptick in the people that are reaching out to us, our current patients that are reaching out to us to do these telehealth visits. As a little reminder, we are doing 10-minute check-ins for free for our pelvic sanity patients, and then we are offering 30- and 60-minute telehealth consultations. But like we had said before, we're not definitely pushing them into that situation. So we're just offering it there. We're telling them how they can, that can benefit them, but we're definitely not quote unquote, trying to sell it to them. So we have seen an uptick in those people and it's been going really well. I think what's funny is that everybody seems really surprised that the session is really valuable and fun and good at the end, right? Haven't you yeah. <laughs> come back and said that? Right, where they're, they're almost surprised that it was worth the time. And it was like, well, you signed up for it. You had to have thought it was some benefit, right? But it is interesting <laughs> hearing about how people are coming back. And so now we have been closed in-person visits for almost four weeks. We've been closing in every two-week increment. So we're evaluating what the state of California is saying, what our local Orange County area is doing. And we're trying to let patients know. So we're staying in contact with them about every couple of weeks, letting them know that there's resources available from the telehealth stuff to everything that we're doing in our Facebook group for patients and all of that stuff to try to support people during this time. So that is basically what's going on at Pelvic Sanity. And yeah, we've also been really doing a great job. I think let's pat ourselves on the back a little bit. Um, really, I encourage you guys to just stay in constant communication with your patients right now. So we're doing that through, like Jesse said, the Facebook group, but I also did something where I just recorded a, you know, eight minute YouTube video and we embedded that into a patient email and just to tell them like what the decision was to close the clinic, when we're planning on reopening, what types of parameters we're going through to reopen, what are we going to make that decision based on? 
and all of that. So I really encourage anybody that's either from a business owner standpoint or just as an employee, make sure you're in some way still communicating with your patients, even if you're not actually seeing them with a telehealth visit. That's such a great point. And helping them to understand what we're doing and why I think is going to be so important in getting them back into the clinic and having them have trust in us at the end of this. So one of the things that we talk about in one of our earlier episodes when we were talking about what to do with somebody in a flare is actually having that being an opportunity as a crisis to build trust with your patient and having them understand that, look, right now we're in a tough position. We're trying to balance what's best for the business, what's best for our staff, what's best for our patients and what's best for our community. And in looking at all of those different things, we came to the determination that even though we have justification to see people in person, it just wasn't the right thing for us to be doing right now. And I think being able to lay that out for patients, let them know that it is a struggle for us, that we do recognize that it's difficult for them and that they're feeling a little bit abandoned in some cases, or that they're going backwards in where they were you know, so excited for treatment and now they're sliding backwards, that we get that that's a real thing for them and that you know we don't take that lightly. At all, yeah. Yeah, again, just keeping that line of communication open is just really important. So one of the things we want to challenge everybody here to do, and what we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast today, is reevaluating what you are doing during this time to, A, how you're furthering your either business or career, and B, being able to take a really good look at what this brings up for you, right? Because we're all having to reevaluate a lot of different aspects of our life. Yeah. I mean, and for us personally, I mean, we've definitely thought a lot about and talked a lot about like, gosh, what are we enjoying right now that we haven't gotten the opportunity to do? You know, even though Jesse and I work together every day at Pelvic Sanity, we actually don't get to see each other that often. So we're taking morning walks together, things like that. And then other things like, what do we really miss? You know, do what, do we miss going to the little wine bar? Definitely. We miss the owner of that bar that we got to know pretty well. We miss you, Sean. We miss you, Sean. So yeah, you know, just pay attention to what you're missing right now also, because that can help to give you a little introspective look at at something that should have been potentially a little bit more added into your life before. Yeah. And we've been heard from a lot of you guys reaching out in, and please do continue. We love the feedback. It's been great to hear you guys' responses to the first few episodes of this podcast. We really value that. And if you do have a moment to just shoot us an email or a DM or whatever way is best for you to get in contact, we love hearing your feedback. But hearing from people about how it's really making them reevaluate different areas of their lives. So one of the ones we've heard a lot about is kids, because a lot of people have their kids home and are now having to homeschool right now. Yeah. And we've actually heard a couple different perspectives, right? Some people that have been like, oh, I've been, you know, thinking about homeschooling. And now they're like, I am not homeschooling anybody anymore. And then the converse is also true, right? I didn't think that I would ever homeschool. And now I actually like having my kids home and family time's a little bit different now and something a little bit more that resonates with them. So just take a really introspective look as to what is going on and how you're actually feeling at this time. Yeah. And like Nicole was talking about, what are the things socially that you're missing? Are you missing going out to dinner? For us, it was when they actually closed the beaches here in California and we couldn't go for a walk along the beach. Like that was like when quarantine sunk in for us. Yeah, that was really sad. But uh, another big check right now, gut check wise, is finances, right? A lot of people are seeing, did you have the buffer to withstand 
you know, they always talk about finance blogs and stuff like that. Can you withstand a month, two months without income? Well, now we're getting all to the chance yeah. to put that to the test. Coronavirus, it's getting real. <laughs> so yeah, definitely though. And, you know, I feel like this is a good time to not, to really take a good look at that and not judge yourself because it doesn't do any good to get down on yourself if you're in a tough financial spot right now. But really think about some ways that you can mitigate that challenge in the future because, you know, unfortunately things happen, you know, and, and, and we won't be able to predict if something like this will happen again. And if it's not going to be this, it, it'll probably be something else, not to be too much of a Debbie Downer, but it's also a little bit of a, a reality, whether it's the real estate market, whether it's, you know, Oh gosh, I don't know all the other bad things that can happen, but you know, it that's reality. And just make sure that you're taking a good look at that too. And, and we just, the point, right, is to use the time wisely to take a look. This is a kind of an unprecedented time where almost literally the whole world is on pause. And we should take advantage of that to look at and see where we want to enhance and where we want to make better. And so one of the things to think about there is what does this mean for your career and your business if you have a business? And so we talked a little bit about a week ago, and I know Nicole has talked in the Pelvic PT Huddle a little bit about this, but this is a really good time to be evaluating your work situation and the people that you work either with or for, because we're getting a lot of stories coming out now about a real disconnect between employers and employees when it comes to how they're dealing with this coronavirus situation. Yeah. And we've heard, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum, right? You either have your clinic is shutting down, but you really want to work or the communication hasn't been there or your clinic is open and you really don't feel that safe and you're having a hard time, you know, deeming yourself essential, even though your business is choosing to stay open, there's been conflict there and communication there that we've been hearing about. And I think the undercurrent of all of that stuff is making sure that you can have an open line of communication with your, if you're an employee, with your boss, and if you're an employer or have a business, it's really important to make sure that you're communicating every step of the way with your employees during this time because they're not in our heads, right? Jesse and I are thinking about this 24-7, so, but most other people are thinking about their own lives and not necessarily the status of pelvic sanity and the decisions that we're all making you know, without them, essentially. Right. And they should know that you as the owner, or if you're the employee, you should feel that your boss actually has your best interest at heart, whether that's asking you about whether you feel comfortable coming into work or when you will feel comfortable coming back into work, right? Because this is not something where we're going to snap our fingers and coronavirus is going to be over. This is going to be an, a time where we're going to have declining risk but there's still going to be risk for months and we're all going to have to come to that decision on when are we comfortable reopening the clinic, asking our employees to come in, asking if our patients are comfortable coming in. And that's not going to be an easy decision any easier than closing was is when to reopen. Yeah, that's, you know, and we're looking ahead to that and we're trying our just best to make sure that we are communicating both as a group and then on an individual basis with every single person that works for us. So this is something that Nicole was saying that she does with her patients as well and kind of brought it into our personal life. But being able to 
actually take a few minutes now that we're being disconnected from work, we're being disconnected from a lot of our social obligations and actually just stop to imagine like where you want to be in a few years. Yeah. So this is actually something I do a ton with my patients, especially ones that are in pain, but even, even postpartum moms that come in that, that, you know, used to be this maybe robust runner or major work, working out person or, you know, some other task, right. That they now can't remember them ever doing it. Number one. And number two, their incontinence, their prolapse has gotten so bad that now they can't even imagine a time when running a marathon or a half marathon is even possible. So they come into us with these goals that are very much just a few feet ahead of them, right? So it's, you know, I just want to be able to go to my son's soccer game and maybe kick a ball around without leaking. And I always ask people to, okay, so let's pretend for a second that number one, you don't have incontinence, that number two, it's 10 years down the line. And, you know, we do this imagery about what their life would be, is like, you know, what first pops to their mind if you assume for a second that your pain is gone, that you, there's a miracle pill you can take and everything's gone, then what do you really want to do? And so I'm asking everybody now that's listening to this podcast to sort of take your financial stress aside for a second. And yes, that might be hard, but do it anyways. (laughs) And then, you know, really sort of try to imagine, like, what do you really want your life to look like and see sort of what comes up? Are you in the same state? Are you in the same city? Are you in the same house? Are you living with the same people? Yes, I said that. Are you, are you homeschooling your kids? Are you doing a yoga class? Are you playing an instrument? Like, what are you doing? What does that picture look like? And then you can kind of do an evaluation as to how close your current situation is. And then now we have a place to work from. And that's going to lead to, I think, a lot of people in this time where we have a little bit more time away from work. We're starting to reevaluate what we liked and didn't like about our job situation. It's going to lead a lot of people toward that idea of starting a side hustle, right? You are now doing telehealth already for your employer. You don't know if they're going to continue offering that when you come back to work, but you're really good at it and you actually like working with patients that way. Or you've decided to put together a yoga flow for your patients and realize that there's a big demand for that that you can be able to sell. So there's gonna be a lot of opportunities here. And I know a lot of you guys have reached out who have been thinking about starting your side hustle or maybe even getting ready to tell your employer. Maybe if your timing was terrible, actually did tell your employer that you were thinking about stepping down or stepping away. And now this hit and you're really worried about what that means. And I would just encourage you guys, Sometimes like the worst times for all of us are actually great times to be able to step out and do something different. You're wanting to be able to disrupt the status quo. Well, it's a great time to do that in the middle of a disruption to the status quo. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, and I'm really excited for all of you guys that are that are still taking being courageous and still deciding to move forward with whatever side gig that you have been wanting to do for a long time and now you actually have time energy to do it i really put my hats are off to you and keep 
it up. You know, I think sometimes too, one of our mentees actually started, she told her boss and then, you know, two weeks into her being, (laughs) two weeks into her being open for in-person sessions, then coronavirus hit. So, but we kept saying to her, like, this was, this is still a great time to, you have, you just have so many things that you can lay your perfect foundation for this will be over when this is over, then that can, you know, just filter in seamlessly with your work that you've put in now. Yeah. To build that foundation to come out even stronger on the other side. And so we're probably going to have to do, as we always say, a whole nother podcast on this, but in talking about, if you are thinking about a side hustle, if you have a side hustle that you're able to put a little bit more time into right now with your situation, one of the things that we challenge people's mindset to switch on is to stop actually thinking of it as your side hustle. Because if you continue to think of it as your side gig, it will always be your side gig. So at least for this time, and then maybe when everything gets back to normal, start thinking of it as your primary job and what you're doing at quote unquote work is your side gig. It's what you are using to pay the bills while you build up your primary source of income. And it's just amazing how sometimes that light switch can can flip when your mindset changes like that. Yeah. And I think you'll be surprised. So do it as a even if that doesn't sound right to you right now, I want you to take a week and do it that way and just see what happens if you completely shift those two things in your brain. And I think that our actions will follow thoughts. So if you're thinking about it as your primary gig, you're going to act on it as your primary gig. And then a lot of decisions that maybe seemed difficult because you're constantly thinking about this other situation that you have. Now you're going to fit your quote unquote work into your primary goal. Right. And then you can always, one of the things that we we hear from people who are starting this is like, well, I'm worried about actually growing too much in that area and it eclipsing because I do want to have some balance. I want to work for this place or I love my job at my current place. I love my manager, but I also have this passion for doing my side gig and I don't want that side hustle to grow so much that either I can't handle it, that it eats into my time with my family, or that I have to really make a decision between that and my quote unquote real job, right? But the thing that you can always scale your side gig back, it's not difficult to to build something too far too fast and then take it back down. It's much harder to actually grow it to that. So if it does grow, if, if the thing you're worried about is it growing too big and too quick and exploding, Like that's a good problem to have. That is a great problem to have. We would encourage you to continue to have that problem. Have that problem. (laughs) And that's really what entrepreneurship is, is it's just changing one set of problems for a slightly better set of problems. They're never going to not exist, but having too much demand and having people too interested in what you're doing is the best kind of problem to have. So as we're going through that, one of the things that you could be doing, and this is regardless of whether you are an employee at a place that you're really happy at and you plan to be there when you close your eyes you plan to be there for 10 years whether you are starting a side hustle you're starting to branch out and at least explore doing something for yourself or whether it's something that you are your own business but it's to build your personal brand at this time yeah and this is where it gets really exciting because no matter where you're going to end up if you're going to end up as your side gig turning into your primary 
hustle, if you're going to continue to work at your at your current place of work and you absolutely love it there, like Jesse was saying, then that is awesome. But at this time, I want you to think about what does it mean to be treated by you? What do, if a patient comes in, like what does it actually mean? What do you stand for? What's the feeling your patient's going to get? both during the session and when they leave, what does it mean to be treated by insert your name? And that's going to be something that no matter what, any career path that you take is going to be enhanced by that personal brand. If that's within an organization, if that's teaching outside, if that's doing a side hustle, if that's doing your own thing, all of those people should have something in their mind. And they actually already do have something in their mind when your name comes up, right? And you want to be the person who controls that, where that is accurate. When somebody says like, oh, I went to see Nicole, we want that to mean something. Like if they went and told another physical therapist around here about that, if they go to their physician who knows Nicole, I went and saw Nicole. Oh, well, that means you must have done A, B, C, and D. That's what she stands for. And that's what you, you should have that kind of brand recognition of what do you really stand for? Yeah. And, you know, I talk a lot about me being a referee, but they also talk about that when we're in referee school. Yes, that's a thing. We do have to go to referee school in the summertime. But what we talk about is what does it mean for when a coach would see me walk on the floor? What would that mean to that coach? That coach would be like, oh, we're going to have a fair game oh, I better not be out of my box because Nicole will always tell me to get back into my coaching box. But there are certain things that everyone sort of knows about me. But one of the biggest things, right, is that I'm fair and I'm tough and I love the game, right? That I'm always trying to do what's best for the game. And that consistency goes through with refing and that consistency should come through wherever you work. And that is a marketable skill, whether you're going to market for your own business or whether you're going to market yourself to a potential employer. That is what we're all looking for for this field. And practically speaking, there are a lot of ways to do this now and they grow literally by the day, right? But this is something that social media is great for. If you guys are comfortable doing this, we talk about this with our mentees all the time. It's all of these different aspects where you can actually be creating your personal brand, whether that's on your Facebook page, whether that's on your Instagram feed, whether that's creating a group, a Facebook group for your current and former patients and providing great content there. You can be on YouTube. The opportunities right now are absolutely endless to be able to create that personal brand. Or are you going to be a community pillar? Are you the person that's going to organize the beach cleanup and talk about pelvic health? Are you going to be the person that sets up the at the local coffee shop and talks about being a mom? Like what what are you going to do? What does it mean? What is your what are you passionate about outside of pelvic health? And then how can you integrate that into your personal brand? Because that authenticity that comes through when you are really living your life like that is going to be what catapults you forward and to be a leader in this field. And I'm sure there are some of you out there who are relatively young in the field who are still going through continuing education courses, at least whenever those open back up again, the in-person ones who are saying, 
you know, that's that's all well and good. But what do I stand for? I've been out of school for three years. I've taken Herman and Wallace one. How do I get to what is my personal brand stand for? So in that case, then you need to just consume a lot of different content and then look at every single thing with a very discerning eye. And even if your eye right now can't be that discerning, because frankly, you don't know that much after you just graduate from PT school, but that's okay. You have to start somewhere and you have to start with the person who is saying the most consistent stuff. And then you have to decide based on the current knowledge that you have, what do you think about that? Because I am always telling people we need to have an opinion. You have to have an opinion. And if it ends up being that you change your opinion, then it's going to be for good reason because you will have done a lot of research. You will listen to other people and you will have more experience to say, "Ooh, actually, that original opinion that I had actually needs to pivot. And that is totally fine. But in those initial stages of being a pelvic physical therapist, you need to just consume a lot of content and be critical about every single thing that comes out of anyone's mouth, including mine. Even stuff you hear on this podcast. Even stuff you hear on this podcast or in the huddle or in any of the courses that you take from me. Right. And you need to, you know, just like I always say that we need to continue to ask why with our patients, why is someone's pelvic floor hypertonic? Why is the hip manifesting this way? How is that all related? You also need to continue to ask, why does that person think the way that they do? Why do I think the way that I do? Well, how does that relate? And how does that ultimately sort of sit with my personal thoughts, which will end up becoming your personal brand and what I call ends up being your personal pelvic PT ethos. And it's never too early to start creating that brand, even if it's going to shift at some point and it should shift at some point through your career. So you can still be putting out great content for patients that's consistent with what you know and believe right now. And I can promise you 10 years from now, you're going to look back at that and you're going to cringe just like we're going to cringe probably next week when we go back and listen (laughs) to this podcast. Right. But there's always going to be growth there. But if you wait until you're going to have it perfect, you're never going to get started. Yeah, 100 percent. So just don't be afraid to have an opinion. You know, be respectful of people that have experience in the field, right, or, or that have done a ton of research or that, you know, are leaders in the field, but still question where they sit with stuff. Absolutely. So, guys, we really hope you've enjoyed this special coronavirus episode dropping on a Thursday. In summary, what we're really talking about in this episode is this is a perfect time. We have all been given the opportunity, even though we never would have chosen this way to have it, right? (laughs) To be able to step away from our regular lives for a period of time and have a clear view and be able to evaluate what is working and what's not. And that can give us just so much more insight as we, you know, regrow after all of this is over. Yeah. And then just make sure that you realize that it's not just you that's in flux and that's okay. That's actually the perfect time to be evaluating both yourself and your current job situation and your ultimate desires for both your field and your life. So thank you guys so much for listening in. We really appreciate it. We will be back and talk to you next week. Have a good rest of the week, everybody. Bye.